Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Adventure Comics number 348. Cover date, September 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artists, Kurt Swan and George Klein. Edited by Mort Weisinger. Featuring, And Then There Were None. Written by James Shooter. Art by George Papp. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. I believe that when love came to me, it would come with rockets, bells, and poetry. But with me and you, it just started quietly and grew. And believe it or not, now there's something. Boy arrives in the 30th century just in time to vote in the Legion election. Invisible Kid is elected leader with the Boy of Steel as deputy. Afterwards, the Legionnaires head to Metropolis Arena to entertain children from the Interstellar Orphanage in a charity show. During their performance, an earthquake interrupts the program and knocks Sun Boy unconscious. And then, word reaches the heroes that their clubhouse has been stolen. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. New Orleans, there's a house they call the Rising Sun. It's been lurid, a metaphor for and me, oh Lord, for one. I regret to inform you what? that I've been slipped a medieval sleeping draft or possibly put under a spell. <laughs> what? I imagine uh, very soon a forest of brambles will grow up around the house and I'll sleep for a hundred years until a prince comes and kisses me awake. What has happened? Against my will, I might say. I just want to sleep all the time. Oh my goodness. I can't wake up. I'm so sorry. I'm existing in a dream world haze. I promise you I'm not poisoning you. Uh-huh. That's what they all say. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's Sunday afternoon, And right? guess what happened? And I was just going to say, and just like clockwork, we were sitting down getting ready to record our podcast, and our delightful neighbor, and I mean that sincerely, um, decides it's now time to start mowing the lawn. Like, literally started it just a minute before we started recording. I'd argue that it's verging on evening, Oh, totally. This is a very unusual time for us to record this. We both took long naps. Yes, probably because we mowed our lawn in the heat of oh, the it afternoon. Oh, so hot. It, the grass looked so parched, it's doesn't it? It's terrible, but it's going to rain tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here we are at Adventure Comics number 348, starring the legion of superheroes, futuristic teens in the 30th century, fighting crime and intergalactic t- turmoil. <laughs> You know what I find disappointing about the 30th century? What? It looks a lot like 1966. 
except for the flying cars and things. Yeah. And the shoulder epaulets that everyone has. Yes, I guess that's a little different, but basically it has the same color scheme, the same design features, very, very simple way of, of things. Oh, there's one special little feature that I really enjoy that we'll get, I'll tell you when we get to okay. it. Okay. Um, on the splash page, this uh, ship looks like a carrot, like a flaming carrot <laughs> flying off into the distance. Doesn't it, though? You may remember that at this point in history, the Legion of Superheroes was being written by 14-year-old Jim Shooter later to become editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Wow, you know, because I don't really pay attention to anything we talk about on this podcast. It's like I'm hearing it for the first time. Well, in fairness, last time we saw The Legion, it was a two-part story, which means we skipped a month, which means in podcast time, it's probably been about eight to ten months since we last saw them. Thank you. You're very you can't be expected to look at the spreadsheet every day like I do. No, no, but I do remember certain facts from certain comics, mm-hmm. and I'm beginning to have my favorite artists and writers. I'm very proud of you. Yes. And you know what? What? To be fair, I do like the silhouette on the splash splash page of the city. It's not awful. It just, I had hoped it would have been something a little bit more fantastical than what we see, but that's okay. It kind of looks like Disney's dream of the future. Well, exactly. I wish the future turned out like that. Yeah. Um, we see on the cover that Invisible Kid is being shocked by lightning. Superboy is trapped in kryptonite chains. That's awful. And the rest of the Legion of Superheroes are being, uh, in the form of voodoo dolls, are being stick-pinned. That's his trophy case. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right in saying that if Superboy really were trapped in kryptonite chains, wouldn't he just die eventually? Eventually, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Of, of like starvation or... Radiation poisoning. Radiation poisoning, okay. Oh, he died long before he starved to death. Well, that, yeah, dehydration, I suppose. But the, the radiation poisoning would kill him. Speaking of starving to death, we never told our true adventures in wildlife story I from have, a couple of weeks ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. The eagle, the bald eagle. We didn't talk about it on the no. podcast? No! What? I know. Oh my gosh, it figured so prominently in our lives for 24 hours. I know. (laughs) Here's how it went down, listener. Uh, Dr. Husband came home from work one evening. Late. Uh, Late. Seven-ish. And as per usual, the neighbor was out in the dusk mowing. You know, I have to remind listeners... We really, really do like these neighbors. Yeah, 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 we do. As much as we talk about them, we enjoy them. But we have to have something to talk about. Exactly. So a neighbor flagged Dr. Husband down. He said, listen, there's this hawk out in my garden, and uh, it's been there for 24 hours. Well, he said, said, I don't know what this bird is. Would you mind just coming over and take a look at it with me? I said, sure, sure. It's been there for 24 hours. It didn't flinch when I rode the lawnmower right beside it. He says, I'm worried about it. Yeah. So, of course, me being the known soft-hearted animal lover that I am. And man of action. I got right into action. I walked over there, and it's the biggest damn hawk I've ever seen. I mean, this thing has got to be 14 inches tall, you yeah. know? So I'm looking at it, and it's just sitting there, and the poor thing is sitting on a rock, just breathing. I can see it breathing. Mm-hmm. Flies buzzing around its eyes. It can look at me. It could turn its head and look at me, but it's really just, just on its last... Wings? I don't know. Anyway, so it's it's in terrible shape. So anyway, call and call and call around Two the county hours and the call. feds and everybody. I'm calling down to Virginia, down to Shenandoah. I'm calling everywhere in Maryland, West Virginia, 
Pennsylvania, yeah. everywhere, anything related to raptors and rescue and anything, Department of Natural Resources, everything. Nobody's available, so finally well, someone... it's like 7 o'clock yeah, on a Thursday night. Finally someone gets back to him and says, well, it sounds like it's a juvenile bald eagle, which, by the way, up to 60% of juvenile bald eagles just starve to death because they leave the nest before they know how to feed themselves. Well, they leave the nest and they don't know how to feed themselves. Correct. Not before. You know, they just, it's part no. of them is they may or may not successfully learn how to hunt and feed themselves. Oh, you mean they all leave not knowing how to feed themselves? And they It's just luck if they figure it out? Well, I don't know why I'm quibbling with you over a pronoun. So... <laughs> Uh, the word before. So anyway, well, that's so, not a pronoun, but agree to disagree. Uh, just a pronoun. Yeah. That's a preposition. Preposition. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we got some raw chicken, cut it up, put it out there. Yeah. So I get in the car. Yeah. Drove to the food line, got some raw chicken thighs, came back, cut it up into thin strips, put it in water because they said if if it's hungry, if it's dehydrated, leave this for it. Um, some crazy woman that I spoke with, with some raptor organization said. If you can get, do you have a kennel or something like that? And I said, yes. And she said, well, get a blanket, capture it, put it hell, inside hell the kennel. No. I was like, no. I said, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, this thing, I mean, when it's wingspan when it would have been three right. to four feet. I don't know. So anyway, so we, I, I stood up there. I talked to it. I, you know, I left it this plate with this raw chicken and dipped in water, mm -hmm. hoping that it would, it would, um, Live? Live, yes. Well, Spoiler alert, it did not. It did not. I got up the next morning. But the story's not over, listener. No. Next morning, Dr. Husband got back on the phone, found a friend who's a Lakota Indian. She's adopted by the tribe, yes. Uh, instructed me to get some loose pipe tobacco, which we happen to have in the house, and sprinkle it around the bird. And on the bird to keep critters away from it. And then this man, Dr. Husband. Now, to be fair... I spent all of my free time during that day, the work day, in between all my projects, calling the same people again to figure out what I can do with this bird because you cannot keep any part of this bird. You cannot. You, you no, really, it's a felony to possess one. Even a, even, even, even a even dead a one. A feather. Yeah. You can't. Um, so finally, he got permission from the Department of Natural Resources to dispose, to dispose of the bird, bird and they suggested just throw it out in the woods or and something. And I said, I am not going to do that. And, I, and they said, well, and they took my information down. Um, uh, and they said, uh, because oh, their, their field biologists were not available, otherwise the field biologists would have come in here and taken the bird and, and done some sort of an autopsy to see what had killed the bird. Mm. Um, the raptor, I should say. Well, um, so I got permission to dispose of the, of the, ra of the eagle. And I, they, they, I said, well, how would you suggest I do that? So you could double bag it in a garbage bag. I said, I am not doing that. In a garbage bag. I said, Our national emblem out in the garbage. Well, you know, they don't know who they're talking to, right? You know, and I said, I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I have a brush pile out back. I am going to burn the bird. Is, is that okay? And they said, as long as you don't keep any part of it. So... So that's it. I went to Walmart to pick up some food for dinner, and by the time I got back, it was all done. Indian sage ceremony and I all. I burned sage. I walked around it. I said prayers to the Creator. Don't judge me. It was important to no me. No one's judging and you. I burned incense, and I sat with it, and I, I burned the bird. 
And my uh, Lakota uh, friend, she was very, very grateful that I had done that. She had hoped that I would at least uh, have um, have saved some of the feathers. That, that well, you can't over. go against the law. And, and I said, I said, I'm sorry. I, she had told me this afterwards. She said, oh, I wish you'd saved some of the feathers. And I said, I'm so sorry, but it wasn't. I don't have the right to do something like that. You, right. you, she could have, um, but I, I didn't have the right. So it's all gone. It's now ashes. Uh, well, they don't have to worry about things like that in the 30th century because their uh, bald eagles are extinct then. Oh, and one more thing, mm-hmm. just to end the story. Yep. Um, our neighbors were so, so grateful. Um, she baked me a loaf of hummingbird bread, which is delightful. You use about uh, 12 endangered hummingbirds. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, it's a, it was a delightful, like a spice nut bread. It like a little it's like carrot cake with pineapple in it. Oh, or it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Target. 21 Legionnaires. Part one. Great. 21 Legionnaires? Yes. Well, there's eight that appear here in the story. But, Uh of course, as everyone knows, the full membership of the Legion of Superheroes at this time includes... Oh, God. Why did I say it? Just Brainiac 5, Colossal Boy, Cosmic Boy, Duo Damsel, Invisible Kid, Phantom Girl, Sun Boy, Super Boy... Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, Chameleon Boy, Shrinking Violet, Monel, Ultra Boy, Matter Eater Lad, Element Lad, Light Lass, Karate Kid, Pharaoh Lad, Princess Projectra, Supergirl, and then of course honorary members Pete Ross and Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Uh, there's no indication that Pete Ross and Jimmy Olsen were allowed to vote in the election which occurs in this issue, which I believe is the first on panel election. So Actually, they- I take that back. Are they, they're not members emeritus, or they are, are they ex officio? Honorary members. Oh, honorary. No, ex officio would of be Of course, by they live in the 20th century and can't get to the future under their own power, unlike Superboy and Supergirl, who have full membership rights. Oh, okay. Um, recently, as you know, Starboy and Dreamgirl were kicked out right. because Starboy committed murder. And right. So they're in the Legion of Substitute Heroes now. And Dreamgirl? Membership including what? And Dream Girl? Oh, she's in love with Starboy, so she left to, oh, okay. to be with him. Yeah. Um, Membership including? The Legion of Substitute Heroes would be, at this point, Starboy, Dream Girl, Polar Boy, Night Girl, Stone Boy, Plant Lad, Fire Lad. No, not Plant Lad, Chlorophyll Kid. And uh, maybe Color Kid. I'm not sure if he's joined yet at this time. Note to self, the next time we do a Legion of Superheroes issue, just play along and don't ask about the 21 people. Or if you happen to slip up and ask again, make sure you bring your art pad so that you could just draw and pretend like you're paying attention as he names all the people. Great space. Oh, are we going to sing a little Are we going to sing a little rhyme? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, great space. That golden spaceship has stolen our whole clubhouse. That's the aforementioned flaming carrot spaceship, which has lifted the Legion clubhouse from its spot in Metropolis into the air. What kind of a villain are we up against this time? And we do have a clever little poem here, which we will sing to the tune of Ten Little Engines, the... 1868 comic tune by Septimus Winner. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's hit it. Okay. 
Eight little legionnaires flying near to heaven. One lost his memory and then there were seven. Seven little legionnaires battling evil tricks. One met a robot and then there were six. Six little legionnaires feeling pretty sore. Two got a whiff of gas and then there were four. Four little legionnaires too brave to flee. A metal fist hit one and then there were three. Three little legionnaires looking for a clue. One ran into kryptonite and then there were two. Two little legionnaires, the job not yet done. One fell into a trap and then there was one. One little legionnaire menaced by the sun. He got an awful shock and then there were none. I think that's great. I think we should re-record it in a professional manner and sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our tale of adventure begins as a mighty figure plies the shifting sands of time to the far future, the 30th century. A land of scientific wonders, towering mile-high buildings, and pneumatic mail tubes traversing the city. (laughs) Oh, and also the Legion of Superheroes. You know, one could also do this, like this, this kind of voice. Our tale of adventure begins as the mighty figure plies the shifting sands of time to the far future. The 30th century, a land of scientific wonders, towering mile-high buildings, and the legion of superheroes. I like that voice. Um, I like Superboy's first question upon arriving into the future after he has just flown through time is... Through 20 centuries. Is, am I on time? Hi, gang. <laughs> no, Superboy. I'm sorry. You're five minutes late. Back the, you go. The, vote, the voting's done. Superboy's arrived to vote for Legion leader. Uh, the candidates, well, we don't know who the candidates are, except that we do know Superboy has been nominated. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair because he doesn't live in the 30th century. I agree. Duo Damsel, of course, is voting for Superboy, and Sunboy thinks to himself, Duo Damsel seems to have more than a political interest in Superboy. In fact, I think she has a crush on him. No. And why not? Now, isn't it more appropriate to have her pronoun be they, since she's more than one person? She's two girls? That's a very good point. And as you know, And would she get two votes? She used to... No, she can't have two votes. But she used to be three girls, as you may remember. What was her name? Triplicate? Triplicate girl. Girl? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, in a few years from this point, she will lose another body, and then she'll be (laughs) mono-made. It's not true. I made that up. Stupid name. (laughs) Um, Wait, what... Isn't her superpower literally just... Dividing into another person and fighting. Yeah. So then she just becomes a fighting person, a fighting well, single person. when that happens, she's actually not an active member. Oh, is she, re- is she a, a homemaker at that point? No, she marries Bouncing Boy, and they go off and do some scientific research or something. Oh. And then they come back and they teach at the Legion of Academy. Oh, she becomes a teacher. Yes. Oh. Just as she always dreamed. Mm. I don't like this voting system in the sense that Everyone knows who everyone else voted for. Yeah. They have to shout out who they're voting for as they cast their vote. It I, should be an anonymous. Phantom Girl's like, I vote for Invisible Kid. And she looks right at Cosmic Col- Boy. Cosmic Boy and mm-hmm. says it, yeah. 
Cosmic Boy, of course, was the first leader of the Legion, followed by Saturn Girl with two terms, then Brainiac five. Yeah, the voting's not confidential, right. but honestly, it's a very democratic process, and at least they all know who, you know, yeah. who uh, votes for we what. We see so. Monal got one vote, Shrinking Violet got one vote, mm-hmm. Duo Damsel got two, that's Light- not suspicious. Lightning, <laughs> Lightning Last got two. Light- Wait, how many votes do we see? <gasps> Ooh, one, one, two, two three, three, four, four five, five, six, six seven, seven, eight, eight nine, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. So that must be Jimmy Olsen and Pete Ross are allowed to vote. They were allowed to vote. All present have voted and members on missions have radioed in their votes. Our new leader is Invisible Kid with Superboy as deputy. That's great. Hey, hey, uh, Invisible Kid? Invis- Congratulations. Congr- Invisible. (laughs) I'm just kidding, folks. Here I am. Thank you. Uh, Let's get right down to business, says our new leader. I suggest we adjourn. (laughs) What? (laughs) Let's get right down to business, I suggest we adjourn. (laughs) As our our first action of business, I suggest we adjourn. And head for our charity show at Metropolis Arena. So this is like a... Uh, to, be, to be clear, um, he, yeah, he did, right. that was, was at the end of the meeting. Yeah. Um, this is like a fraternity, isn't it? Greek life, and they're always doing charity things. I'm, I would suggest that this is a bit more impressive and <laughs> necessary than a fraternity. You know, a fraternity in the classic sense, yes. Not yes. a college fraternity, right, yes. Right, 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 right. Yes. So they fly off to the arena, which is all blacked out for their entrance. I'm so glad that the author of this, the writer, reminded us that they're all flying, some of them, with the power of their flight rings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Legionnaires appear with the explosive introduction of Sunboy lighting up the whole arena. Yay! Then we all go through. Everybody demonstrates their power. Superboy lifts up a heavy object and throws it at Phantom Girl, mm-hmm. and she phases out. So it goes through her. Then Cosmic Boy catches it with his magnetism. Then Colossal Boy grows to giant size and picks up the giant thing, throws it at Sun Boy, and Sun Boy melts it with his super heat powers. I am so impressed you got through that. If I had to do all that, I would have taken much longer to describe it. Just then, unearth tremor. But how, Phantom Girl exclaims, modern science can forecast all earthquakes. We see it uh, scribbled across the page as rumble. Sunboy is knocked over unconscious by the earth tremor. Colossal Boy races over to help him and Superboy says, no, No, don't touch him, don't Don't touch him. Only Superboy with his impervious skin can lift up the unconscious Sunboy. But he has quite a bump on his head. You know what we're missing in this issue? What? I know it's not going to happen, but I wish Crypto was there. Oh, well, he's probably away on a mission with the Legion of Super Pets. I'm sure who, he's busy, but... I, who do not have voting privileges, by the way. I, I just wish that he would sit there, and, and once in a while you just get a panel, and he just, it's like a close-up of him, and he just goes, Arf! <laughs> that would make this a lot more interesting. Well, okay. Uh, well... I know that there's a Super Pets story coming up, so. Oh, awesome. Uh, one more thing Sunboy has, amnesia. Which is very inconvenient if you have superpowers. Yes, and he can't remember who he is or why he's there. He does remember that he has a flight ring because off he flies. Getting it away. It must be instinctive. 
Um, now, somebody runs in here. He must be the front of house manager to report that a huge golden spaceship has ripped your headquarters off its foundation. Wow. The headquarters, of course, is an upside-down rocket ship. Front of house manager, for those of you who aren't in the business, is someone who works at in the lobby uh, and deals with the uh, patrons as they come into the event mm-hmm. and makes sure that uh, everything is going smoothly outside of the venue where the action is taking place. Invisible Kid regains command of the situation and orders the Legion back to their clubhouse. We must abandon Sunboy for the moment and reach the site of our club. His first springing to action leadership yeah. moment. Good for uh-huh. him. Of course, everyone starts panicking and rushing out of the right. building. <laughs> uh, he tells Duo Damsel to alert the police to search for Sunboy. I think he could have told her to organize a evacuation of the arena, but... That's neither here nor there. I'm sure those people are fine. They, uh, but isn't this interesting? That next panel, those little soaring firefighting mm-hmm. UFOs, UFOs. You know what I mean. They're saucers. The probably the I science. should just call them saucers. Yes. Yeah, probably the science police. The science police. putting out the fire. Um, you know, later on, it's revealed that the Legion Clubhouse was actually a prospective Legion member who transformed himself into a giant upside down rocket ship. <laughs> Like Danny the Street? I guess so. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Like all the right. Sentient, all sentient. right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Look at that. Look at how I did that, listener. Yeah. Now, eyewitnesses report that a giant golden spaceship ripped the headquarters from the ground. You know what? What? If I keep gaining comic knowledge, I'm going to become a lot less interesting as your foil. I don't know about that. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. But if that happens, I've got several other prospective co-hosts lined up. Don't worry. I'm sure. Oh, my God. I'm sure that my ignorance will remain steadfastly intact. intact. Um, now, they do have some rockets left behind that uh, they use for missions, which they're going to set up their temporary headquarters there. Now, who's this in the Golden Spaceship? I don't know his name just yet, but I think he's got a lot of excellent taste. Of course, he's trying to... He's got a martini. He's got a martini, which I don't know how he's going to drink. He must pour it into his eye holes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's a little ramp that runs down from his eye holes down to his mouth. Could be. Could Mm. be. Um, He's wearing a golden suit of armor. He's got uh, a globe. On his desk. And paper maps. Paper maps. Highly computerized futuristic world with visionary uh, uh, televisions and all sorts of transmitters. And he's looking at paper maps. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with hipsters in the future. Look, who thought that vinyl records would come back? He gets so angry. (laughs) He takes a sword and kills. He stabs his globe globe and breaks it. Uh, Oh, I had a globe as a kid. Do you have a globe? Yes, I loved it. I would sit and just turn it and turn it and look at it for... I mean, not for hours, but like I never grew tired of looking at it and imagining all the different people in different parts of the world. Well, I do that now with Google Maps, and you can do Street View and all. You really? Can go anywhere in the world? Yes. Really? If I get bored, the first thing, place I go is Google Maps. You know what? What? One time, the Google Maps was running through our neighborhood, was driving through my neighborhood, and I saw it, and I was there in person. So I was on, like, I was recorded by Google Maps one time. I wish I had the presence of mind to give it the middle finger when it go by. Not that I have anything against Google Maps, but just so that I would always be that person that gave the, the, the car the middle finger when it went by. Well, I mean, when was it? It might still be there. Uh, I don't It was when we lived in Florida. Oh. Yeah. It's probably not there anymore. Mm-mm. However, 
Oh, I'm, I'm in to be uh, when we lived in Florida when we were teaching it. At this right, 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 right. I know what you meant. Um, he mustn't underestimate the these teenage heroes, even though they are a mere passing interlude in his plan to dominate the universe. Uh, we should also mention he's glowing. His plan is foolproof. He even has a plan to stop Superboy and a Sunboy. His greatest threat has been disposed of. What? There's a story there. Isn't Why there? would Sunboy be his greatest threat? Hey, have you seen that video of that woman that's running in the public place and she runs like a crazy nut? She's she runs like but it's so funny. I was just thinking like instead of giving the middle finger to oh, yeah, because I, I would I would yeah, not yeah, really yeah. I would rather have like run like a crazy so that the people could always whenever they would go by they would whenever they go by this certain address they'd see somebody running like a nut. Have you have you seen that? She's like she runs like she's she's like all crazy and does her arms and all yeah, like, I have. so clever. If I ever get to run again, <laughs> I think I'll do that. It's important to have life goals. I I'm sorry I distracted you. Again. Meanwhile, Sunboy has eluded the police and slipped into a nuclear power plant. Good idea. Wow. Um, he can't let them catch him until he remembers who he is, is what he thinks. I could be a wanted criminal. Anything. Why can't I remember? Why? Well, the giant sunburst on your chest would be could your be first a clue. clue. Well, you don't know. You know, maybe in his waking up and looking around... He saw other people, fans of Sunboy, that had the sunburst on his chest, and he's thinking, oh, I'd probably pick this up at the Gap or something, you know? Because it is revealed later on that Sunboy is kind of a lady killer, so he probably does have an active fan club. Uh, You know he does. Um, You can bank on that. (laughs) He decides to go into a room which is clearly labeled atomic waste, danger, radiation, restricted area, and just lay down for a nap. You know, he's evading authorities. Yeah. He, he's not really thinking clearly. I, and maybe he lost the, the ability to read because the door he initially runs in clearly says do not enter. Yeah, and what kind of an irresponsible person leaves a shielded door open, open. for radiation to fill the room? Right. Mm. Like I said, there's no accounting for what the hipsters will do in the 31st century. Did you know in the early uh, 1900s that radiologists used to do things like not only, you know, like use x-rays to take images of people's bodies, but they would use x-rays for archaeological evidence, like like looking into the tomb of Tutankhamun and such mm-hmm. to see what was like inside. And did you know that the, that the most common way that radiologists would die was? Radiation poisoning. Radiation yes, poisoning. Yes, Madame yeah. Curie would just like juggle uranium in her yeah. muff, whatever mm-hmm. she walked down the street in. Not, no, her, like, piece of clothing. I know. Okay. Meanwhile, high above Metropolis, (laughs) the cunning golden figure, soon to be known to the world as Dr. Regulus, makes final preparations. (laughs) Dr. Bob rolls his eyes one more time as he finds a way to get us back to the story from one of my little trips. For centuries, (laughs) men have harnessed the sun's power, but now I, Dr. Regulus, have discovered its ultimate application by using gold... Glowing yellow gold, I can harness an amplified unlimited amount of raw power. We learn that it's radioactive gold. Yeah, Yeah. radioactive gold coating. Hmm. With gold, I am invincible. Gold's a very soft metal. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. could forge it into anything. Yeah. Well, it's just that, like, it isn't... It, it, it's a, it, in its purest form, let's, you know, its highest concentration, it's, it's not, you know, particularly durable. It scratches easily. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even radioactive gold? Well, if it's, 
if it's a gold sheet sheeting, like like you said, a gold coating, I'm sure it's fine. Like perhaps it's, it's a it's a steel ship with gold coating around it. I'm sure that's that's fine. So, so his carrot shaped golden spaceship traverses the city and rips up the Turvis building. So it's good to know that Turvis tumblers, Turvis tumblers are still being made. Yeah, and they still have a workforce that works from an office. You know, Jim Shooter at fourteen years old could not have predicted that the entire world would be working from home in (laughs) fifty years, much less ten centuries. No, no, I guess not. And now he's going to just drop the building. Yeah, what's up with that? That's a dick move. I'll tell you. Okay. What? We're family show. Uh, since when? There is a parental advisory warning on our, on our. Uh, I know. There's a reason that there's a warning on it. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't edit anything out. No. Press play and then submit. Mm-hmm. Um, an awesome. Well, the Legion arrives in their spaceship. Doctor Regulus hits the spaceship with an awesome blast of sun power. The ship is destroyed, and the Legionnaires are flung out into. The air. That's a good thing they have their flight rings. No, they have their flight rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget. I would never forget. Of course not. Superboy goes for the ship and bursts a hole in the side. What? You are just skipping forward. Look at you flying through this issue. So much time on this. Uh, Not to mention all my distractions. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually, this. Issue is very tightly plotted. Isn't it? There's not a lot of fluff in here. I That's what I, I like. I barely had time to fall asleep when I was reading this. <laughs> Superboy rips open a hole in the side and the other Legionnaires get in. They help. No one said this helping the girl in. Oh, helping, yeah, helping I Phantom girl. And that. then I have a problem with what's about to happen. So the, they find a hallway full of passageways. I really wanted... This to be a motion comic and be like an episode of the monkeys where they're oh, yes, where in, they go and out in and out of the doors. Yes. Oh, it's so clever. Thank you for that. Another pleasant valley Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> like, don't you love it when they go in one door and they go out through the door and yes, then they're all going and they're just going back and forth and then all of a sudden they split up and they run into each other and yes. they go out and they, oh, it's the best. Classic. Oh, classic trope. Invisible kid still giving orders. Everyone take a different corridor. The two girls stick together. Uh, that's what I don't like. Sexist bastard. Why couldn't uh, Duo Damsel split into two and then they could stick together but, and then Phantom Girl, who can't be hurt by anything, could just be on her own? Yeah, Duo Damsel, Damsel doesn't even do her power thing. Not at in all. this whole issue, no. No, no. The only good thing she does is she has a very severe part in the middle of her head, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't like that hairstyle. So, Colossal Boy makes his way down a corridor and gets trapped in a huge chamber. Uh, a loudspeaker comes on to announce that Colossal Boy is going to die, and he becomes Colossal. Just then a wall panel slides open, and Colossal Boy is faced by a giant robot. This looks like a Rock'em Sock'em robot. It does, and he gets into a fight with a robot. Uh, and, the, and the robot finishes him, yeah. knocks him out cold. You know what I could have done? Another, uh, another thing he could have done, I'm talking about classic tropes, is Colossal Boy could have gone into a chamber and then it would have been a shrinking chamber. And as he tries to fight it, he gets boxed in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, in another part of the tremendous ship, the girls mm-hmm. have teamed mm-hmm. up. And Cosmic Boy comes running down the hallway to tell them to wait. And 
Knocks yes, him out with sleeping gas. It's not Cosmic Boy. Mm-mm. It's, it's a robot. robot made by Dr. Regulus mm. who knocks them out with sleeping gas. And just as he's lifting up Phantom Girl, right around the corner comes the real Brainiac 5. Yeah. I saw that, robot. Put her down or I swear I'll destroy her. Now, is Brainiac 5... Oh, I'm so... I'm going to regret saying this. No, go on. He's a computer, right? A human computer? No. He is flesh and blood. Okay. But his ancestor was adopted by the robot evil Brainiac. Okay. Superman's enemy. Okay. And so... It's later explained that Brainiac is kind of an honorific title on his planet. Oh, so he's and not. So he's a descendant. He is the fifth Brainiac, fifth of his name. But is he clever? What's his? Does he have a yeah, superpower? Yeah, he has a twelfth level computer mind, not computer literally, but okay. as powerful as a computer. Like a Mentac. Yes, I don't know what that is, but Dune, Frank Herbert. Oh, is he the Bene Gesserit? <laughs> No, he's the, the one that who, tisseract, who, who what is stains it? his lips, drinks the juice. The juice makes his brains go really, really fast, makes, makes their brains work. They're human computers. And how is that related to Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> well, you'd never see Brainiac 5 wearing a dress at the Grammys or the Emmys or whatever it was, it, the Sundance Festival, or I don't know what it was. It wasn't a dress. It was a pantsuit. Oh, it's the silliest thing I'd ever seen. Well, I don't know. You know, my niece loves him. You know, he's a fine actor, but I don't. Oh, he's, a, he's an excellent. He looks actor. like an Italian shoe. Company. <laughs> That's so true. He looks like a stiletto. Um, I don't know how. Also, how Phantom Girl could be knocked out by gas because why didn't she just phase and let the gas go through her? I mean, maybe the writer was just focused on the guys. You know, well, let's just make the girls weak. <laughs> he was fourteen. 14 yeah. Uh, now, Brainiac 5, of course, has developed this force shield belt, which he activates so that the robot Cosmic Boy can't hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a battle for his life because this robot is pretty strong and also has uh, the sun glow powers which of is, Dr. Regulus. Yes. Now, Dr. Regulus, look, in that one panel at the bottom of page 15, has his whole lineup of, of uh, statuettes that it, no, right. do you think he bought those like like one of our listeners does um, on off the interwebs and has a room for them? Or do you think he made them? Oh, I'm sure he bought them. Do you think so? Like, yeah. Are they like Migos? Mega? They're widely available because Superboy in his 20th century bedroom has a uh, some kind of contraption that has statues of all the Legion of Superheroes and they light up when one of them needs him. So as he's uh, taking each of them down, mm-hmm. uh, knocking each one of the commissioning, yeah. puts a pin in them, yeah. doesn't that affect the value of those? Well, they're already practically useless because he's unboxed them. So Fair, yeah. fair. So Brainiac 5 is giving the robot some trouble, but the robot's too powerful and knocks out Brainiac 5. Oh, knocks him out cold. Look at that. Meanwhile, mm. Superboy who has thus far neglected to just use his x-ray vision because, as we know, the ship is made of gold, not lead, right? so he could see through everything. Comes upon a couple of armored figures. What a strange little twist this story takes right now with this these, these medieval, medieval suits of armor. Medieval suits of armor. From 30 centuries ago. And they have kryptonite, which they use to chain up Superboy and kryptonite chains. As we know from my earlier question, this would probably 
kill him. Eventually, yes. certainly it would. At the same time, far below the mammoth spaceship, a figure stirs. Sunboy is waking up. And guess what? He knows who he is. The radiation has revived him and restored his memory. Like two years of good therapy. He wakes up and he knows exactly who he is and what he's supposed to do. I recall everything. The arena. I was knocked unconscious. And when I awoke, the attendant, shouting about a golden spaceship. If it means what I think, I must find the Legion before he strikes. Meanwhile, high above. Now, we still have Cosmic Boy, who is free. The real Cosmic Boy. Who hears a noise and leans against a wall to conceal himself. And gold clamps fling out from the wall and trap him. And the impact of him being clamped to the wall is so great, it knocks him unconscious. Yes. Let me just say, being knocked unconscious is actually a pretty traumatic thing for someone to recover from. And isn't it also, like, pretty difficult to just be knocked unconscious? Uh, it's a pretty forceful thing to have your to, for your body to be impacted in such a way that you're... Yes, it's right. not an easy thing. You don't just, like, flick somebody on the cheek and they're unconscious. Right. No. Unless you're a girl, obviously. Because well, obviously, obviously. Just a little gas or anything could just... Or, or, or you know, you, you, girls faint all the time. Sure, sure. Yes. I, when I go to work sometimes, I mm-hmm. have to announce that I'm coming down the hallway for fear that that, that one of my, my uh, assistant will faint. You know, she's very fragile. Sure, sure. I'm just kidding. She's JK, everyone. Just kidding. I adore her. She's wonderful and she's incredibly helpful. And I'm sure she's not listening to this. So I, you uh, No, no, no. But, but I would be lost without her. Now. We all would be. She's very helpful to everyone. There's only one little legionnaire left in the <laughs> spaceship. Invisible kid. What? Where? 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 Here he is. <laughs> he finds Dr. Regulus's control room and turns invisible. But, of course, this is an inherent weakness of invisible kids' power. You don't need to see him when you've got radar. Yeah. Or heat-seeking missiles or whatever Dr. Regulus has. Yeah, he has radar. And he shoots him with electricity. Poor, poor invisible man. The lad. What is, what, God, what is he? A visible kid. kid? Invisible kid. Stupid names. Robots. Kid, gal, lass. Well, they're just young people. Yeah, I know. You know. Invisible youth. Um, shocked into visibility, the Legion's leader slumps to the floor. Poor guy. Yeah. Look at that shot there at the bottom of page 18. The, vid, the camera videos are on every single one of those people on the uh, Lexavision. Lexa, Lexa, Lexaphone? What do we call this? Lexaphone, Lexaphone yeah. Lexaphone. They're all unconscious or about to die. It's yeah. just awful. Well, he says he's conquered the Legion of Superheroes. There's still, what, uh, 14 other members out in the universe? Some well, of them more powerful than who he's conquered right here. He's been very successful. He will probably be successful at getting the rest of them. These are pretty... So you see some of the ones that are not there are more powerful than the ones that were captured? Yeah, the Monel's still out there. Mm. Supergirl. Oh, Supergirl, Lightning yeah. Lad. Well, Streaky would knock him out. <laughs> Streaky the super cat? Oh, hell yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes, and Streaky would not be affected by green kryptonite, so... No? No. She isn't? He... he she... I, they. They, them. Oh. Um, no, Streaky gets their power from <laughs> X kryptonite, which was created by Supergirl, which is an artificial form of kryptonite, and so Streaky is not kryptonian. You go, Streaky. Uh-huh. Hmm. 
Also, probably Comet the Super Horse would not be affected by kryptonite. Because, <laughs> as you know, Comet was originally a centaur who was transformed into a cowboy and then an actual horse. You find a way to put that into, like, every 25th episode. What? You haven't even mentioned the time that Lois Lane was tra- transformed, transformed into, into a, a centaur, centaur. And was going to be forced to marry Comet the Super Horse. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the funniest. Oh, we, we're never going to come across that story, are we? That story. No, it's not a go-go check story, uh, but we might have to do a special episode. Uh, uh, I love that. Now, when Dr. Regulus pulls this switch that he's reaching for, mm-hmm. the entire sun force that powers his ship will be directed at the Legionnaires, disintegrating them, except for Superboy, who's already dying of kryptonite poisoning. He's a murderer. Yeah. He but before the fatal switch can be thrown... The great thrumming throb and glow of power throughout the ship so slowly stops. He says, my power. All but a fraction of it is gone. But that, that can only mean, no, it can't be. It can be, madman, and it is. Ooh, he right on cue. Very well done. Thanks. It's Sunboy. He's arrived to save the day. Uh, now. But uh, Dr. Regulus, is that his name? Yeah. He does not... Stop. No. He is not defeated. He springs into action like a, like a thing that springs into action, like he, a cheetah. He's got a control panel here, helpfully labeled emergency, emergency defense. defense, which you know he made himself. Yeah. yeah. So the emergency defense is three missiles, which are going to fire <laughs> at Sunboy, who has no time to move or stop the missiles. Listener, this is inside the ship of gold. Inside the ship. Mm-hmm. But before the missiles can strike their target, a strange protecting magnetic field halts their deadly mission. I thought they had somehow been transformed into firefly umbrella. Uh, fi- fi- firefly um, um, umbrellas. What am I trying to say? Butterflies. But nope. No, they are stopped by a magnetic barrier. Why? Because, like the bullets in last week's episode, they are shielded by steel. Mm-hmm. Thus magnetic. And thus under the control of Cosmic Boy. Uh, Cosmic Boy is free. Fan Girl, Duo Damsel, and Invisible Kid have recovered. Uh, but Dr. Regulus is not beaten yet because he fires on all of them with some kind of stun beam. Phantom Girl, why don't you just phase out? She's not showing much sense in this issue, I have to she, say. She, you know, I think things are just happening so quickly for her. She, maybe she needs a nap like you and I had. That you couldn't know? hurt. Right. I think she needed a nap. Maybe maybe she just didn't have a good night's sleep. No. Because she could do a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Dr. Regulus uh, is without most of his sun power, but if he can reach his master weapons panel, he may yet defeat. Which is inconveniently in another part of the ship, so he has yes. to run to it, yes. Yeah. Advantage is his if he can reach those controls, and he does. Now to... Uh-huh. It's red hot melting. Sunboy must have done it. I've got to get away. We, uh, that's interesting because he says now, if so as he's running in, you see the lever. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. You don't even see that Sunboy is in the same room with him melting this. The he levers. may not be. Oh, wait. You know, maybe he did melt them because they are not the same. I'm, I'm flipping back and forth. Excuse me. Flipping back and forth between the two yeah. pages. I don't, well, I don't know if they're different. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's because they're it. melted. It's inconsequential. And maybe Sunboy has some kind of long range 
control of his power. He oh, but, yeah, no, but apparently not so great because he completely misses the, the when he when the guy Doctor Regulus gets into his escape. wonderful little capsule. Yeah, escape capsule. Uh, he misses him. Uh, Sunboy misses him. He fires. I guess he only gets one shot at him, and he fires. And yeah, misses that's him. it. And the other Legionnaires are fine, except for Colossal Boy, who only has minor injuries. Mm-hmm. Brainiac Five. <laughs> this is brilliant. Finds Regulus's notes in the filing cabinet. He says, this page tells us how to restore our clubhouse, which is hidden in the mountains, back to its original site. So I guess he found the notes, the literal eight and a half by 11 notes yeah. about where it is located, somewhere between the adoption certificate for uh, Dr. Regulus's cat that he got from the Humane Society and before the tax information from the previous year, the 1040s that he, that he, um, yeah. that he did and his itemized deductions. Right? Right. They're all there in the cabinet. It's a standard four-drawer filing cabinet. Surrounded by computers, yeah. lexophones, yep. all sorts of powerful technical equipment, and he has printouts in a regular old filing cabinet. Like I Welcome said. Welcome to the 30th century, everyone. You never know what these hipsters are going to do. Mm-hmm. They might have a craze for uh, killing trees again in 30th century. Yes. Now that all of the bald eagles are extinct, <laughs> they don't need to have so many trees around. Oh. Soon. Do you suppose they have velocipedes in the 30th century? Do you remember the first form of what is now our bicycle was called a velocipede? And it was actually what you would call a bicycle right now, except it had no pedals or gears. People in England would sit on a seat between two wheels and push with their feet. And there were no brakes. They would just push with their feet. And do you remember why? Why it was that they they invented the bicycle? Ask me if I remember as if I lived during that period. I'm not oh, I'm, that old. I'm sorry. You were conscious with me when we were listening to the podcast about the history of the bicycle yesterday. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, you weren't? No. Oh, it was because there was a, um, a terrible uh, um, harvest, uh, a year a year with, with a low harvest of oats, and the price of oats became very expensive. And, uh, and so a man decided to invent an mechanical horse, which was called the Velocipede, which was the first bicycle, but it didn't have gears. And then after that came the Penny Farthing, which is a giant front mm-hmm. wheel, with, but unfortunately it was five feet off the ground, yeah. and people would fall and hurt themselves. Yeah, of course. And then the third iteration of that was what we come to understand today is the bicycle, which was actually called the safety bicycle. The safety, I don't know if it's called the safety bicycle, but it was the safety something, yes. Which The more you know. The more you know, yes. Soon. God, and you were sitting right beside me, listening to it. What, what were you doing? I was probably sleeping with my sleeping sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Soon under Brainiac 5's skilled hands, the great ship locates and lifts the rocket-shaped Legion headquarters and slowly brings it to rest in its rightful place. But no sooner... The sentient rocket ship. ...do they reach their headquarters than... Dr. Regulus's ship blows up. It was booby-trapped. Can you believe that? Thank God they were able to get the ship and get their clubhouse back. I know. Well, Sunboy says, I guess that's the end of this adventure. See you next week, folks. But wait. Wait a minute, Sunboy. You told us how you recovered your memory, but how you... But, um... I'm sorry, I'm getting flustered. But how could you beat Regulus when we failed? When we'd failed? Sometimes the words in my brain mm-hmm. happen faster than I can process them mm-hmm. with my mouth. Of course, that should come as no surprise to long-time listeners. Right. This. Yes. Well, 
Rob, let me tell you. Hmm? You all know that several years ago, my father, Derek Morgna, was in charge of an atomic plant where I worked after school. My father. One of the plant's top scientists was Zaxton Regulus. He spent much of his time working on a private project, producing multiplied sun energy from radioactive gold. One day, Zarl Hendricks and I were sent to deliver some supplies to him, and just as we entered, the equipment exploded. Zarl was killed, but Regulus and I were only slightly injured. <laughs> when my father learned what had happened, he fired Regulus. That's a, not called the police and had him sent to jail. Poor Zarl is dead. Well, we don't know that there wasn't some sort of settlement paid, right? Well, to the I'm, family. I, I'm pretty sure. Th- I don't know. Well, it was an accident. Still. He didn't intentionally murder the child. I hear you. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Lost. I see what you're yeah. saying. Uh, of course, now that we know about what Regulus is about to do, he's pretty horrible. Right. So uh, Regulus was fired. Regulus blamed the accident on these boys' interruption, and he swore to get even with little Dirk. Oh, poor Dirk. Late one night before I left the lab, Regulus wreaked his vengeance using robots for his dirty work. Then he left... Him left him to die, to die in the atomic reactor. That takes care of Dirk Morgna. Or does it? Because instead of killing me, the radioactive rays revitalized me and turned plain Dirk Morgna into Sun, Sun Boy. Boy. Now, is this his, I mean, this is his origin story, but... It do, is, and I... Do you know if this is really where the first uh, iteration of his or, origin story? I'm pretty sure it... I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I think so and in fact i'm tempted to say this is the it's not the first individual origin story for legionnaire because i know bouncing boy has a origin story before this but but uh, as far as far as we know this is his origin story and i mean we i mean this is an origin story but this is probably the first time we hear of it like this is yeah. probably the first time it appears i think so okay someone's going to correct me but That's i'm fine. just going to say yes yeah Let's when, just blame it on me, since I don't know anything about comics. Okay, cool, This cool, cool, is cool, his cool. origin story. Yes. This is the first time it appears in I comics. I believe you I did research, and I know it. When Regulus returned his sun energy perfected, hoping to conquer the world, he discovered that I still lived. Since my sun powers were a threat to his, he inflicted me with amnesia. Now, how... How do you inflict someone with yeah, amnesia? You, that's... No. Yeah. But unknown to him, I recovered my memory, and when I entered his ship, my body acted as interference to his machine, so we could defeat him. I hope he stays defeated. Even his name makes me shiver, says Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl, come on. You're not. You're just pretending to be a weak girl. Now, Superboy says not to worry, because he won't be back for a long time. But if Superboy only knew how unprophetic those words were, for high above... Revenge. I'll destroy them. They've beaten me for now, but soon, when they least expect it, I'll return to annihilate them and give Sun Boy the slow death he deserves. Well, I guess we all need a purpose in life, don't we? Hey, Rob. Hmm. What is Harry Potter's favorite way to go downhill? I... Well, I don't know. What, what, is, what is Harry Potter's favorite way to go downhill? Walking. Oh. JK, rolling. Ah, that's clever. See what you did there? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a listener, he has been peppering my life with these stupid dad jokes for two weeks now. Because I'm in a uh, battle at my place of business with a young fellow who 
tells dad jokes every day. Every day? This young fellow whose dad is the same age as me. So I kind of feel like I need to bring my A game. Uh, can you tell me the other uh, dad joke that you told me? And I'll play along. Hey, what's the difference between a tuna, a piano, and a bottle of glue? I don't know. What is the difference between a tuna, a piano, and a bottle of glue? You can tune a piano, but you can't piano a tuna. <laughs> what about the glue? I knew you'd get stuck on that. Uh, yeah. Hey, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called now? I, I just call it podcasts. Or wherever you get your free podcasts from. You can uh, find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. Mm-hmm. And you can join us back here next week for Detective Comics featuring Batman, Elongatedman, and a special guest star. Wow. Uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh. Uh, folks, just want to let you know that uh, this uh, particular episode of the podcast was unofficially sponsored by 8 O'Clock Bean Coffee. 8 O'Clock Bean Coffee for those Sunday afternoons when you need some energy to get up from your two-hour nap. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Anything else to add? Nope. All right. All right. Then uh, I'll see you back in bed in about five minutes. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.